Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. Are y'all ready for the word today? Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I don't know how it is that we're almost at the end of January. We just started January, didn't we? It's crazy. I hope, you know, over the past couple weeks, though, you've been finding some comfort and some peace over some of the things we've been talking about. You know, I always reflect on the things that God is doing in my life or has done. And I always feel like, man, God, I don't know how you can top what you just did. And then he does it again and again and again. So, man, he's faithful to, to do those things. And, I pray that you would experience it for yourself. And what we've been talking about is having a clean slate. We said, you know, when we come to our senses, it helps us identify when we mess up and take ownership for that. It also helps us, you know, receive the embrace of God's love and his grace and his mercy. And helps us wipe our slate clean so we can embrace something new. Something new. I really feel like that's what God is doing in a lot of our lives. He's doing something new, a new work. And a lot of us are in that stage of crossing over into what that looks like. And today's message is called New Wine, okay? So before you leave, we got a bottle with your name on it. It's not what we got. New Wine, though, it kind of symbolizes God doing a new work, okay? I don't know how much you know about the wine making process. Like, I can really give a whole message just on that process. But if you really think about it, it all starts with the seed being planted. And from that seed, it turns into grapes. There's a lot of pruning, a lot of harvesting. And even when the grapes are harvested, they have to get cleaned and separated. And then they get crushed before they could ever even turn into juice. From there, it gets fermented. It goes through all these different stages. Twice it goes through fermenting. Twice it goes through aging. And it's a lot like us. We find ourselves with God doing a new work. And we're like, God, we just overcame all this. I don't understand. But you might be in the season of crushing. You might be getting the juice out of you, crushes. Some of the things that were in you need to be released. You might be in the stage of, of being pressed down. You might be in a stage. But whatever stage you find yourself in, I want you to know it's not a place of permanence, okay? It means it's not going to last forever. It's temporary. In fact, you're in transition, okay? I want you to say that to yourself today. I'm in transition. I'm in transition. In transition. I'm not going to stay where I'm at. I'm not going to stay with those things. I'm in transition to what God has for me. And that's a word we all need to hear from time to time. Sometimes I feel like we're going nowhere. And it's not stopping. And it's never ending. I want to read this verse to you, though, and I pray it brings you some comfort this morning. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. And it says this. But you must not forget this one thing. Dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. That's hard for us to, to process a lot of times, because we look at the way time works in our life, we don't like it. Look at the way the situation is for us, 
oftentimes we're just ready for it to be over. But that's the thing about time. It works differently for God. He's not constrained by the things that maybe we and you are. A lot of it, it just reminds me of how you can live in a different state in this country, right? Or be in a different time zone. So let's not allow the timing of things. Let's not allow the, the length of the situation we might be in to keep us from understanding that God is still working. That God is still faithful. That there's a purpose in all these things that we're experiencing. And out of it is going to be something greater than we came into it. Amen. So I just want to pray that over us as we get ready to receive some new wine this morning. And I really pray that God will speak to you in a way that, man, just touches you. So you should bow your heads and close your eyes with Father, we thank you for your word. Because every time that we spend time in it, we're spending time with you. And Father, there is no safer place for us to be than in your presence. There's no other place that we can get the same kind of comfort or the same kind of joy, the same kind of clarity. So Father, may it always be a place that we dwell, not just on Sunday morning, not just in times of conflict, but it be a part of our everyday life. So, Father, help us see what that looks like for each one of us. For each one of us, it's different. But I pray that you would give us experience that we can't shake, experience that we can't deny, an experience that is all you. So, Father, would you use your word? Would you use your spirit? And just have your way this morning. Father, we're here. We're listening. We're available. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be staying, reading out of Luke. This morning, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, and we'll have the verses on the screen. But if you've never read Luke chapter 5, I want to give you some background to what's going on, okay? So at this time, Jesus is finally saying, you know what? It's time for me to get things going with my father's business. So he goes, he says, you know what? I'm going to start to assemble the crew. I'm going to start to recruit some people to join me in this work, and I'm going to do some work at the same time. And so when you read in this chapter, he goes and he gathers a couple of people to start following him. But he also starts doing a couple of miracles. And two specifically that he does is he heals a paralyzed man and he heals a man with leprosy. And so you know that people are paying attention to him. He's been going out, he's been preaching, he's been saying things. And they're starting to realize, man, everything he says, it just hits a little different. It's a little richer. It's a little deeper than what they know. Everything they see is kind of like, okay. I read that in the word of God, and I'm actually seeing it play out. Like, hmm, who is this Jesus guy? Because the other part that they're seeing, besides his words, besides the miracles, is those people he's running with and the people that he chose. When you read this chapter, you found that he chose some fishermen. Now, back in those times, fishermen are probably what we would call construction workers today. If you know anything about some construction workers, I mean, you're going to hear some things that you ain't going to hear at your mama's house, okay? They're going to talk a little differently. They're going to share things a little differently. A lot of times, construction workers aren't the most educated people, but they are dependable. They are loyal. They are hardworking. And so he assembles some of his crew as fishermen, and he also gathers some tax collectors. There's one specifically named Levi that he goes, and Levi was a guy that a lot of people didn't like. And Levi said, man, Jesus, you want a relationship with me? Like, man, I want you to come to my home. I want you to meet some of my friends. And so Jesus goes and meets some tax collectors. So now Jesus has assembled a crew that most people wouldn't associate themselves with, which is kind of crazy, right? You would think if you were the son of God, you're going to get the cream of the crop. You're going to get the best of the best. You're not going to waste your time on people that are projects. 
But I, I want to start off with you realizing this for you, for me. That how blessed are we that we have a God who sent a son that wants to be associated with us. No matter what we've done in this life, no matter our background, no matter our story. He says, man, I'm in a relationship with you. That's something that's just powerful that God has really been just speaking to me. Because a lot of times we come from places and we feel like we're the outcast. We feel like nobody really cares about us. We feel like we're not on anybody's radar. Sometimes you might even be shunned in your own family. You might even be pushed out of your own family. You might be the last person that your family calls to barbecues and dinners. But I want you to know that God sees you. That you're on his radar. That he wants to be associated with you. That he wants a relationship with you. And that's an amazing thing. Because that can be a life-changing thing if you receive it, if you accept it. And that's what that crew was coming to discover. And that's what other people were seeing. And I wanted you to receive that this morning. So can we just, can we give pause and just praise God for that right now? Yeah. That he wants to be associated with us. Because I don't know about y'all, but I know where I come from. Man, I don't deserve it. He wants a relationship with you. Jesus is doing work. He's running with a new crew. And just like many of us face, people are watching. People are looking. They're paying attention to exactly what he's doing. And so I, I want you to, to spend some time thinking about that and even in your own life. Is there's always going to be people in your life that got something to say. Somebody always wants to tell you something. And we're going to see that when we read. I want to read from Luke chapter 5 verse 33. It said, one day, some people said to Jesus, John the Baptist's disciples fast and pray regularly. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees. Why are your disciples always eating and drinking? So here we go again. Jesus is doing Jesus things and people are questioning him. Why are you doing it? Why are you with these people? It don't make no sense. How come y'all do it like they do? Shouldn't y'all be doing that? So you got to understand that these times the Pharisees, the teachers of God's word, they had told people that followed them, that were under them, hey, you should be fasting and praying at least twice a week. John the Baptist, who was baptizing people who were turning to God, repenting of their sins, he was telling them, hey, praying and fasting is something you need to make a regular part of your life. And then we see Jesus and his crew. And people see them going everywhere. They say, you know what? I don't see them doing no praying. I don't think they're doing any kind of fasting. What are they doing? Church, I want you to take this away this morning. The first thing I want you to receive is people will always question, what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? How come you're not doing it like him? How come you're doing it this way? There's something within us that always questions the things that we don't understand. And I shared last week, like asking questions is something we should all be doing because we should. But it's got to be done in the right context. That means it's got to be done when it concerns you. It's got to be done whenever God presses you to ask those questions to somebody else. When it's about something like that. When we start to question what other people are doing, when we start to call out what their actions are, you know what you're doing? You're being nosy, okay? 
And I don't know if you know this, but ain't nobody nosy like some church people. Church people are some of the nosiest people going to come across. And that's the truth. Right now, they got the football, right? They got playoffs going on. And I, I guarantee you, you can go into any household and you see a group of men, sometimes the ladies too, watching the game. And what do you hear them doing? They questioning everything, ain't they? Why did the coach call that play? Why did the players do that? Why are the refs doing this? We always are questioning the things that we don't understand. We're always looking at things from our perspective, from our point of view. We share all these things, and I'll be the first one that was like that too. I don't know what game we're watching last week, me and some of the guys. And there we go. We acting like we got all the answers. Ain't none of us got no professional experience, none of us coach no games. <laughs> You barely even play outside of high school, you know what I'm saying? But people always question what they don't understand. That's important to understand, though. That means that people are always going to question you. They're going to say, why are you doing that? I don't understand the decisions you make. I don't understand what you're doing right now. And that's something we need to understand. So that way you're not caught off guard with it. Because people are always looking for you to do what they want. And the thing is, not everybody's got good intentions for you. And I don't know if you've ever had that happen where you made a decision, somebody starts questioning it, you start questioning it too. Like, oh man, did I make the right choice? Did I, is this what I was really supposed to do? Yeah. Sometimes it impacts you so much that you change what you did. You say, you know what, I take that back. Let me go on and do this instead. Yeah. Nobody knows your life like you though. Nobody knows the decisions that you should make like you should. People are always going to get in your business without an invitation. But if you have that understanding in time, ahead of time, they are going to be less likely to influence your decision or make you change your decision or go a different path than what you should. You see, your obedience to God, it requires an act, not an explanation, okay? Now, I want to read what Jesus responds to these people that are questioning what they are doing. Luke 5, verse 34 through, 30, 34 through 35. He said, Jesus responded, Do wedding guests fast while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will take away from them, and then they will fast. I'm sure a lot of times Jesus was talking to people, they were like, Jesus, that's not what we asked. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you got. I don't know why you bringing up a wedding. That's not what we were talking about. They made me just sit there and just think about that. How many times God talks to us in a different way than what we envisioned or what we asked. A lot of times God will talk to you in a simple and plain way. But what you often find is he talks to you in a way that makes you think. Makes you process. Makes you chew on what he just told you sometimes. And you read in the Bible, you read about Jesus, you read about all the stories that he told. He always told them in illustrations and parables, all these different ways, instead of just coming out plain and simple. Because let's be honest, how many of us get told something real straightforward and it goes over our head? We forget what we just said. We start overreacting and think they possibly could have meant that. that that's too simple. That doesn't make sense. They got to be more than what they just told me. I don't know how many times I've allowed that to get myself into trouble, right? My wife, my beautiful wife, she'll tell me something, and I hear it, and I'm like, okay, I hear you, I got you. I go do the opposite. I'm like, because that ain't what she meant. 
That's too simple, man. She didn't mean for me to go and take out the trash. She wanted me to go and make sure the kids was not on the tablets. That's what she wanted. <laughs> make things out to be something different than they're not. So oftentimes when Jesus is speaking to them, he's speaking to us, he wants to speak to us in a way that's going to stick, in a way that's going to be memorable, in a way that's going to last, in a way we won't forget. And that's what we see here. Jesus is trying to talk to them in a way that they will receive it. So he wasn't trying to bring up nothing about a wedding. He was trying to say, hey, man, you're missing the point of what we we're doing. You're focused on what we we're doing, but what's more important is the why. And I want you to take that away this morning. You see, our obedience doesn't require the approval of others. Our obedience doesn't require the approval of others. <clears throat> he talks about these wedding guests. And the thing that you read in that context is you see the wedding guests understood when the groom was there and when he wasn't. That means they understood the assignment, church. We got to be people that understand the assignment. We got to understand what we're supposed to do and not be focusing on what we're not doing. People on the outside, they're always gonna say, man, I don't understand why you did that. But they don't live your life. They don't know your situation. They don't know your finances. They don't know your relationships. So they can call those things into question, but they're always gonna do that. What's more important is the why you were doing what you do. Why are you doing those things? And that's what Jesus was trying to point across and say, man, I know you're always gonna be looking at what we're doing, but you're missing the whole reason of why we do it in the first place. What's your why? Why are you doing the things that you do? We can get ourselves in trouble when we're always seeking the approval from others before we act on what God is requesting of us. A lot of times we seem to say, man, you know what? I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to see what the Lord says. The Lord will confirm. He will tell you plain out. He'll give you his story. He don't make it clear to you what you should do. But what you do? Well, I'm going to go and talk to somebody else. Let me get an approval. Let me see if somebody else got some insight of what I need to do. Ain't nothing more important than what you do responding to the Lord. When he tells you to do something, man, you should do it. Even if I said, hey, you know what? I don't think you should do that. I think you should do this. You know who's better advice? God. You know who you should follow? God. You know who really knows what's going on in your situation? God. I don't know your business like I do. Your best friend, your in-laws, all these different people in our life, man. If you're always awaiting for their approval before you act on God's request, man, you're going to delay the blessing that he has for you. And oftentimes, you're going to miss it. Because you're going to be focusing on the wrong things of what you need to be doing versus the why. Why you need to be doing these things. For you to focus on the why, church. Not wait for their approval. So we see Jesus, he's trying to break it down to him in these terms. And then he says, you know what, let me just share some other insight. Because maybe it will make some more sense to you. I want to read what it says in verse 36. Luke chapter 5. Verse 36, he said, and then Jesus gave him this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch wouldn't even make, match the old garment. He said, man, y'all get things so backwards, so twisted so much. I'll give you something new and what do you do? You run back trying to fix something old with it. 
That's what I want you to take away as well. I want you to take this away this morning. To see God move in the new, we have to release the old. To see God move in the new, we have to release the old. Some of us keep trying to find new purposes out of old things. We think, you know what, it worked before, it's going to work again, and, and I'm going to use it for this situation. Even though the situation you're in now is something you ain't never been in. Even though the situation now calls for something new, God is trying to help you with the new, but you still keep going back to the old. Okay, God, I'll take that, thank you, but I'm going to go ahead and go this way and do it. Make things a lot harder, church. God is saying, you got to let go of that. There's a reason that you're in a new season. There's a reason that you're in this moment. I'm trying to do a new work in you. That's going to make you cross over to something new. Something I've been preparing you. I know some people are like, oh, okay, new garments, okay. Lord, bless my games and I can go shopping. I can get some shoes. Many of us always try to just replace something old with something new in a way that doesn't make any sense. There's a reason that God says we need to avoid doing this. You see, all of us have a limit. We have a, a cap, a capacity of what we can handle, what we can do. And if we never make room for nothing new, we're going to be putting a cap on what God is trying to do. You have to release some things from our old life, from our old relationships, from our old past, from mistakes, so you can step in to what the new looks like. And that's hard, church. Because what do we do? We say, I'm going to need this someday. I need to hold on a little tight to this. But unless God says to keep it, it might be time to get rid of it. We always think about the abilities that God has and how he has the ability to bring dead things back to life. And that's something I always hear time and time again. Man, you know, man, the Lord can resurrect that from the dead. I'm like, Maybe he wants that to stay there. Maybe he got something better for us. A lot of times we try to revive dead situations. We try to bring dead things with us. When you say, man, if you would just release that, what I replace it with, it's something greater than what you're losing. It's something even better than what you asked for. I'm not going to use that new garment to repair your old ways. I, when you came into a relationship with me, I'm giving you a new life. <clears throat> That's what God wants to do, something new. That's what his word tells us. You go in that relationship, you're made new. You're not made old. That means that old life is washing away. It's not moving forward with you. That means you're saying, God, I hope, really hope you bless these old ways. It's like, no, nah, man, I got new ways for you to learn. But if you keep returning to the old things, you're never going to step into the new. So that's what we see. We're reading this word. Then he gives them another illustration. I want to read in verse 37 through 39. And he said, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine will burst the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in new wineskins. But no one who drinks the old wine seems to want the new wine. They say, man, the old wine is fine. The 
it's kind of foolish show as church, but we, we tend to follow in this. We get so accustomed and so loyal to what we know that we miss out on experiencing anything new. Have you ever brought an older person something? And you're like, man, if I give them this, this is going to change their life. And then you go and give it to them, and they're like, why you do that? I don't need this. Why'd you waste your money? What I had was just working just fine. It was good for me. Even though what you had for them is greater than what they had. Even though what you were trying to give them was going to bless them and change them. It's going to waste less time. It's going to make things easier. But they refused it because they were comfortable with what they had. A lot of us can get stuck doing the same thing with God. He's trying to give us something new. We say, nah, I'm good on that end. Lord, I need you to focus on this. He's like, no, no. If you will receive this from me, watch how it blesses that. Watch how it help you change that. Maybe the very thing that you're remaining loyal to is keeping you from crossing over. It's keeping you from receiving that blessing that you've been asking God to do. God isn't trying to give you something new to help you remain loyal to something old. He wants me, he wants you to believe that what he has is greater than anything we ever release. It's better than all those things. The thing about new wine, and put it in a no wine skin is, that's the thing. Remember that cap that I was talking about, that limit? If God is trying to bless you with something new, man, your old life, it can't handle it. It's greater than that. It can't contain it. But unless you allow God to, to man, move in it and receive it and step in the new, there's a limit to what you're going to receive. There's a limit to what you're going to experience. There's a limit that you're placing on yourself. We say, man, if God is a limit of this God, then why is he allowing these things to continue in my life? A lot of times it's us. We're the ones that are challenging his authority. We are the ones that are getting in the way. We are the ones that are messing things all up. But if you would truly walk with him, man, you would see all the good things that he has for you. You would see that you don't have to settle for what other people tell you. You don't have to settle for less than anything that he has for you. And that's the word God's been keep telling me time and time again. He said, don't settle. Don't settle. Yes, there are many options. Yes, what you have might be okay. But I always have something for you. So if I tell you to put that down, then put it down. Even if you got to wait. Even if you got to experience some pain going through the process. He has something better. So that's my challenge for all of us this week. Is to do some work on ourselves by surrendering what is keeping you from receiving new wine. Surrendering. That means you got to detach yourself. You got to release it. You got to let it go. It ain't supposed to go with you. I talked about it last week, right? Not everything that has got you here is going to go with you forward. Man, that's the truth. Some relationships aren't going to move forward this next season with you. Some of them co-workers aren't going to move forward with you. Some of them bills aren't going to move forward with you. Hallelujah. Right? Praise God. I don't need that to move forward. But you have to be willing to do the work now to release it so you can receive the new. God wants to give you a new wine, something that is so unobtainable, you can't attain it yourself, okay? All the things that God is doing in our life, it's not so we can go back and return to the old things. He's always trying to do something that is undying, that is everlasting. That means you don't have to keep repeating the same things over and over again. 
Ain't nothing more frustrating, more painful than getting out of one thing and having it return in a different form. And you're just like, man, I thought I got over this and now it's coming. It came this way. Man, God wants to release you from all that. But you have to step into what's new. You have to surrender. So really spend time in prayer this week, even if you need to call some people like, man, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I need to surrender this. Man, let it go. Get some people to fight with you. Bring it up. Release it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there's a lot of purse, a lot of, man, just purpose in the pressing and the crushing and the harvesting and the waiting and the fermenting, Lord, and in the aging. Every stage of life that we find ourselves in every moment of transition, Lord, it's all purposeful. So would you just reveal to us what that next step is for each one of us? Would you help us identify the things in our life that we need to let go of, that we need to surrender, that is keeping us from receiving the new wine that you have in store for us? Father, you know better than anybody what that looks like for each one of us. So help us receive that, but then walk with you and not allow the approval of other people to dictate the response that we have to you. Help us walk with you, Lord, in a way that helps us breathe a little easier, in a way that makes those bills look a little less than what they are, in a way that allows those relationships that are painful, that are hard, to become less burdensome. Father, we need you to do this work. We can't do it on our own. We've been trying to do it on our own. Help us make room for you so you can do what only you can. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.